Hi, it's Dark Centeno, and this is episode five of my CCI or Craniocervical Instability podcast. Now, this one links to a blog entitled Rehab Post PICL Procedure. That's actually episode five as well of the CCI series on the blog. Now, I only have four blogs in the CCI series, but I decided to make sure that they trued up with the podcast. Now, episode five of the podcast will relate to episode five of the blog. So there is no episode four of the blog in order to make that happen. On this fifth episode in the podcast for craniocervical instability, we're going to be talking about what kind of rehab can you do after your PICL procedure? And this same rehab would apply to patients who are undergoing other types of treatment to stabilize the upper neck, but it's pretty specific to what we do with PICL. Uh, if you haven't had a PICL procedure yet, then uh, this will give you some idea of what the rehab will look like and what to expect after the procedure. So again, craniocervical instability, as you know, is when the upper neck joints move around too much due to lax ligaments. And these are the ligaments that hold the head on. At the same time, this can cause all sorts of problems, headaches, dizziness, visual problems, imbalance, rapid heart rate, etc. The PICL procedure, procedure that we use, we're the only folks on earth that perform this procedure right now, which I went into why that is the case in past podcasts, but it goes through the back of the throat in order to be able to inject some of these hypercervical ligaments that can't be reached any other way. And our goal is to prevent the need for cervical fusion which is a dog with many fleas. Although there are patients out there that really need cervical fusion, if you don't really need one, you don't want one. So let's go over rehab post PICL and also what to expect after the PICL procedure. Right after the PICL procedure, patients fall into two different categories. A lot of patients actually feel better right after the procedure. They may be sore from the procedure itself, they may have a dull headache from the procedure. The back of the throat obviously may be sore, but because of the swelling in the ligaments, that leads to a sense of stability that they haven't had in years. So they can feel pretty good for one to two weeks while those ligaments are tight. Again, they're swollen, so they're tight and the patient feels stable. Now, obviously that swelling, that acute inflammation goes away within usually two weeks. And then the ligaments go back to what they normally are. So the patient goes backwards at that point. And then the ligaments can tighten down over that several month period. And usually most patients feel that by month two, three, four, somewhere in there. Now, we also have patients that have extreme reactions right after the procedure. We have a small percentage of patients that become very nauseous and even have some nausea and vomiting after the procedure. We have some patients that get a substantial headache after the procedure. So realize that all of those things are possible, but the most common reaction is to feel sore with headache, soreness in the back of the throat, but generally better for that first two weeks or so despite that soreness. That's kind of what to expect after the procedure. The rehab or the rehabilitation here is an important thing to understand, and I get asked this question a lot, hence the reason I'm doing this podcast and the reason I wrote a blog on this. 
So the first thing to understand is that we know for sure, based on some of the research that was actually published by one of our old physical therapists, Jim Elliott, who's now a professor in physical therapy at Northwestern, that these upper neck muscles atrophy. If you ever look at the upper neck muscles, uh, if you just Google that, upper cervical muscles, you will see pictures of those muscles and they're short little muscles that go from C1 and C2 to the skull base and between C1 and C2. You can see just how they're positioned and that they go out and up, that their job is to stabilize a bowling ball on a stick, meaning your head's a heavy bowling ball, it's on the spine, which is like a stick, so you got to have all these high upper cervical muscles to stabilize that area. So when we're talking about upper cervical rehab, we're going to focus on those muscles. We're also going to focus on some of the muscles in the front of the neck called the deep neck flexors. That's the longest coli and capitis. And then eventually some of the stronger muscles in the neck around that. In addition, realize that the entire neck has little muscles that live from segment to segment called the segmental muscles, also called the cervical multifidus. And the job of these muscles is to stabilize segment on segment. And then outside of that, you've got the big neck muscles, the trapezius, the sternocleidomastoids. Those are muscles you may have heard about. So those are all things to think about when we're talking about rehab and strengthening these muscles. The other thing to critically understand is that stability is two things. Stability on the one hand is ligaments. So we're trying to strengthen ligaments on the PICL procedure, but the other half of stability is muscles. So it's critical that at some point you get these muscles that haven't worked for a long time back online, or you're not going to get the full effects of the PICL procedure. So again, I'll say that a second time. Stability is half ligaments and half muscles. We can hopefully help the ligament side with the PICL procedure, but you've got to be able to work on the muscle side yourself. Critical concept there. The next concept is, are you ready to even start this program? And that's an important thing to consider because most patients that we see are not really going to be ready to do any kind of rehabilitation work until they get done with usually their second or third PICL procedure. PICL procedure is generally not a one and done. Generally, it'll take several of these procedures to get the patient where they need to be. Normally, those procedures happen every four to six months. So it may be a year before you're ready to start rehabilitation. Why? because when the ligaments aren't tight enough, it's very difficult to strengthen. As the ligaments become tighter, it becomes easier to strengthen. So you have to constantly ask yourself if you're ready for this. Now, how do you know if you're not ready for this? Well, if any kind of physical therapy exercises, including any kind of neck range of motion, will flare you up for days, you're not ready for this. Patients generally know when that's changing, meaning that in their life after their PICL procedure, if this is effective and if the patient is a responder, they'll start to be able to notice that they hold their adjustments longer, that they can do more functionally before things go, quote, out. And they notice they can move their head and neck around more and do more things. 
that's when you're starting to become ready for this type of program. So let's go to some simple concepts. So if you're ready for rehab, there are three different levels that we're gonna talk about. Simple low-level rehab, mid-level rehab, and higher-level rehab. Now before we get there, one of the things that you can do while you're working towards rehab is work on curve restoration. We often see a lot of our PICL procedure patients who have lost the curve in their neck and they need to get that curve back. So one of the ways to get that curve back is to go to idealspine.com on the internet and look for a chiropractic biophysics provider in your area. These are chiropractors who specialize in getting the curve back in the neck. Now, there's a little strengthening involved, but it's mostly really very specific types of traction uh, to increase the curve based on measuring what the curve looks like. And again, a lot of our patients with craniocervical instability have lost their curve. What does that do? That puts more stress on the craniocervical junction higher up and more stress on these already loose ligaments. In addition to that, we have the head moving forward, which leads to all sorts of other problems. And we have the weight shifting forward onto the discs as you lose your curve, rather than being evenly split between the facet joints and the discs up front. Again, something you can do before these rehab programs is to work with a very gentle curve restoration chiropractor to try to get the curve back. So you can consider that your prehab, if you will, or your pre-rehab program. Now we'll get into simple low-level rehab. You know, the simplest form of low-level rehab for craniocervical instability after the PICL procedure is something that you can make at home. Go and get yourself a baseball cap and a laser pointer. Obviously, uh, there are laser pointers at lots of different stores out there. Usually you can buy some at Staples. And what I'd like you to do is to tape that to the top of the hat. So use some duct tape, whatever you need to do to get it on the top of the hat. Then I'd like you to find a nice blank wall in your home or something that approximates a blank wall. And I want you to put a couple targets on that wall. What I mean by targets are you can tape up some pieces of paper, put some sticky notes on the wall, whatever you need to do to identify some areas on the wall where you're gonna look while you're wearing this hat and you're gonna point the laser pointer at those spots. And then I want you to get yourself about five to 10 feet away from the wall, depending on how big a wall you have and where you wanna put those little sticky notes or spots on the wall. And you put the hat on, make sure it's good and tight and it doesn't move around. And then I want you to look at the wall and I want you to very, very slowly and carefully move the laser pointer dot that'll be now shining on the wall to those points. And you'll see in my blog that I've got various routines that I've come up with. And those would be simple routines where you're going from point to point in different patterns. And you're doing two things here. The first is you're retraining some of those high upper cervical muscles and you're getting them back online. And the second thing is you're working on coordination between head, neck, and eye movements because you're gonna look at that dot as well. Again, a very simple program for patients that are just starting to go through their low-level rehab. And again, there's more information on the blog, but it's really that simple. Your goal is to get more and more range of motion doing this. 
Your goal is to strengthen those muscles and then to move your field bigger and bigger. So initially put those sticky notes on the wall in a very small circle in front of you and just do the points of the compass, north, south, east, west. Then as you graduate from that, you can then go to a bigger pattern and move them out some and then move them out more and then move them out more and move them out more. And you can see that by doing this and then eventually being able to include sticky notes on other walls, you can really start to increase your range of motion over time and start to strengthen these small upper neck muscles. The next level would be mid-level rehab. Usually that for us is deep neck flexor strengthening. So there are little muscles in the front of the neck, longus coli and longus capitis and they're called the deep neck flexors. Their focus is to help support the front of the neck and to resist that curve. So when they become spasmed or have problems, you can lose your curve and getting them stronger can help because they're stabilizers in the front of the neck. You also have small little muscles inside your neck that act as stabilizers. We've already worked on some of the small little muscles inside your neck through the first program where you're using the laser pointer. But for this next program, we're going to work on those muscles in the front of the neck. Now, this is something you really need to do with a physical therapist that knows how to do deep neck flexor strengthening. So you really want to ask your local physical therapist if they've ever done this kind of work. And normally there's a small little blood pressure cuff looking thing that's put behind the neck and patient actively tries to straighten their neck and reduce pressure on this little blood pressure cuff looking thing and strengthen the deep neck flexors. Now, interestingly enough, there's published research showing that strengthening the deep neck flexors can lead to decreased headaches. So this is a good place to be at a mid-level. And then finally, we've got advanced level rehab. And that really takes usually one of two forms. There are two different things that are out there. Uh, obviously, there are neck strengthening programs that can be done, but they're not really very well controlled. And so for higher level rehab, we would recommend either using a multi-cervical unit or a gyro stim. Now, a multi-cervical unit, this is a relatively big machine that lives in a physical therapy office. It's made by a company called BTE. There's a link on the blog. Basically, the patient's head is put almost in a halo-looking device, and you can vary the weights and do lots of specific motions with the patient as you strengthen those neck muscles. This is only for patients that have reached absolute rock-solid stability or you're not gonna be able to do this without flaring yourself. So realize that that's where, where these patients are. In addition to that, something that's not quite as challenging initially, but can be as challenging as you advance the program is something called a gyro stim. And again, I've got a link to that on the blog. And the gyro stim is you're sitting in a chair and that chair moves a bit and you're pointing a laser pointer like we did with our other exercises to help coordinate head, neck, eye movement. That can actually get much more complex where you're tilting the patient, even rotating the patient upside down. The patients I've had that have used the gyro stim have generally only gotten to their low levels. A lot of times this gyro stim can be used even with professional athletes. So they've got all sorts of high levels that they do all sorts of crazy things 
in those athletes. But this is very low level work with the gyro stim. And we've seen patients get really nice results with strengthening using the gyro stim. So that's it. As you can see, I've given you some idea of what to expect after the PICL procedure. We've talked about the concepts of rehab. We've talked about what we're rehabbing. We've talked about a little prehab with curve restoration, low-level rehab, mid-level rehab, higher-level rehab. Again, the most important concept I can leave you with after this podcast is that it's critical, really critical that you understand that half of this equation is the ligament tightening that occurs with the PICL procedure. And the other half of this critical equation is getting those muscles stronger. I can do one of those, but you need to do the other. So thanks so much for listening to episode five of our CCI series and have a great day. 